0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome back to this episode of the Life with a Why interview series podcast. This is the interview series where we find out why people do what they do. And today, it's just me. It is a solo episode where we reflect on season one, we talk about all of our guests, and the learnings that we've had over the last couple of weeks. Now, to those of you who are listening in in real time, I know, I'm late my apologies. Life kinda gets in the way sometimes and that is why this episode is a solid four weeks late. However, today we are going to look back on season one. We are going to go through all of the stories that we've learned from all of our guests this season. We are going to talk about the learnings and everything that we can take away, the different pieces and nuggets of wisdom that we can get from all of the different stories and all of the different conversations that we've had. I'm also going to give you a little bit of an insight as to what's happened behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks, and what you might be able to expect from a season two of Life with Why. The motivations of this podcast, the goals of this podcast have changed, and I can't wait to share it all with you. So... Welcome to this episode of the podcast. First, let's remind ourselves of who we've talked to and what we've talked about. Um, Little warning, I have some new equipment. So if you hear some background noise, like pages turning or me moving around, please let me know. But let's start off with our very first uh, guest, James Buckley. Now, James Buckley ended up changing the shape of the podcast series. We went into a conversation and ended up talking about so many different things, so many deep topics, but only touching the top of those topics, that I realized I needed to do a three-part series. Um, And thankfully, James was on board, that I I realized that we needed to break his life down into chunks and digest them in that way, in order to get the most out of the conversations. Um, And I, myself, am most proud of those three episodes in such a sense as we started off learning about the man's life in a macro level and then we really got deep into how he worked and why he did all of the different elements that he did in his life. Um, But with regards to to James, um, we first did a full rundown, everything from him being what a self-described Ritalin kid at the age of eleven, all the way through to um, his drug addiction, moving to Tennessee, and the number of jobs that he worked, his first wife, his second wife, um, his and his the career that he now has, the sales career and the sales influence that he we now have. We did a whistle stop tour of forty years of an incredible man's life and then in the second episode we broke that down into the what what we called pre-tennessee we 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 noticed that tennessee moving from miami to tennessee was a catalyst a a very important change in that man's life so we talked about everything that had happened in let's say and why somebody does what they do when they're in a bad place why somebody puts themselves in a position where they can take drugs every day why somebody gets married too young how some why somebody lashes out at their parents when they're getting divorced and how somebody reacts to the death of a family member or to the death of their dad in the final episode then we talked more about his chosen family his his wife um, his second wife um, who <laughs> if you ever want to hear a man truly in love describe their uh, their partner then I would suggest going back to that episode. Um, not only that, we talked about his career, why he does sales when he had so many different careers, the joy that he gets from it, why he does his current job, which he now describes as his forever home, um, and the impact that his own mom has had on his his life, um, and that the the journey that they had. Um, I'll come back to the learnings from James, but. From then we're going to move on to the conversation that I had with Daniel Kine, CEO of Opinion X. Um, Daniel and I were in college together, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, he's someone that I wish that I got to know, got to know better while we were together in college. The man is the most energetic person you're going to to meet, but passionate about what he about what he does. Um his whole thing is introducing people to the world of startups and the world of entrepreneurship. Um, that is even a, a a part of his his company. Um, I would suggest checking out Opinion X if you live anywhere within the the tech startup world or even startups in general world. Um, but he the main learning that we get from Daniel is the power of just throwing yourself into something new in a room with random people and seeing what happens. That's what he calls his recipe for success. And he is very, very, very picky about the people that he spends time with. Um, He knows the impact of a friend group can have on his life. And he has been um, very, very, very discerning about who he allows to have an impact on his life. Again, I'll describe what we learned from Daniel in a few minutes, but we're going to move on to the second uh, person that we talked to in our solo episodes, which was Holly Allen. Now, Holly Allen described herself at the very beginning as a, a very salesy, bubbly, spontaneous person. But then we learned that at the age of, I believe, 11 or 15, um, she was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, a big part of her life was, pre, pre this diagnosis, was that she was a dancer. And now she couldn't dance anymore. Um, she had to reinvent herself and reclaim her identity Somebody going from high levels of confidence to losing who they are and then rebuilding that. And we go through that entire journey. She is the only person, the only salesperson in this entire series who is incredibly unapologetic about hunting for money and wanting money. And her opinion on why she does this is very, very, very interesting. Um... Again, I would suggest going back and, and listening to that. Um, but the main driver for Holly Allen was that she wanted to be the best at what she did and that just just so happens that money is an easy metric for that. Um, the main thing that we learned from Holly Allen is that she wasn't handed this life and neither and again, we'll come back to these to these words of wisdom, but that's what we what we got from our conversation with Holly Allen. Directly after this, we talk to Joachim, Joe. Joe Van Erps, a, now a salesperson uh, over at Miro. However, he uh, built the sales function and is a serial entrepreneur. Built the sales function at a company called DemoDesk. Um, he talks about an international life. And he talks about how you can have some very discernible chapters in your life. Um, He started off as being um, very, very interested in cars. He calls himself a huge car guy and then decided to go into mechanics and engineering and hated it. Set up his own company, sold it, and then started to build startups. But I caught him at a very specific time. He was going through a reflective rest period and he realized that he had taken the smallest things in life for granted. He... He had high expectations of himself, and he realized that this meant that he had put himself in a bubble. Um, one of the one of the 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 best quotes that we have from this is that when you're in a bubble, you miss everything outside of it. And he had placed himself inside a very specific bubble, one that we as salespeople can recognize ourselves as being in. Um, i caught him at the moment of reflection so we had a very deep and intimate conversation about why he did what he did and how he's going to prevent that from happening in the future Um, he realized what he had missed he had realized the conversations that he didn't have with family members that he really should have had and with friends that he should have had Um, he himself describing should have and he rediscovered his joy for travel And this is something that we come back to later on in today's episode. And then, once we finished with Joe, we had another deep dive. A three-part deep dive into the life of Gabrielle Blackwell. And I did not know what I was getting myself into when I invited Gabrielle on to be a guest on this podcast. But I am so glad that I did. Gabrielle Blackwell told us her story from... Her, her childhood, all the way through to uh, where she is now. However, <laughs> there were so many stories in, in, this, in this story. She describes herself at the very beginning as a hippie witch. Uh, we talk about all of the cities that she's lived in, um, her habits being her quote-unquote witchy rituals. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you interpret her story, she had a breakdown at the age of 27. She described what that looks like and that is not the type of breakdown that you that you hear about. It is not the type of description that you hear about. And it means that people may have gone through breakdowns like this and never known about it un, unless they had heard this story and this description. She talks about not knowing herself, not being able to understand who she is and when she took a deep dive into who she was she realized that there was so much that she did not need there were so many parts of her description of herself that was putting herself down she had confidence in her abilities but low confidence in herself and this is something that she has been actively changing and repairing over the last number of months uh, years um she talks... She, and oh, unfortunately, then, in the second episode... The second episode ran very long, just for the simple fact that we got into the topic of racism. And racism in the workplace. And she describes a story that, unfortunately, is more common than we want it to be, and a story that a lot of us won't have heard about previously. Um, she talks about the her um, uh, abusive ex-husband... And the impact that he did and did not have on her life. Um, But we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes. And the main thing that I want us to take away from the conversations with Gabrielle Blackwell is that she had a question and she asked herself, can I actually have the dreams that I have in the body that I occupy? And decided that the answer was yes. So in the third episode, she talks about how she goes about that, her spirituality, her, as her hippie witchness, as she describes it. Uh, magic with a K is another way that she describes it. And we learn how she is actively choosing to be the way that she is. And this is something that I want us to take from season one. Every single person in this season has had to decide who they are. The learnings that we can get from these people, but everybody has had to make a choice and decide, am I going to be shaped by my surroundings or am I going to shape my surroundings? James Buckley decided to be happy, um, despite what was going on in his life. Gabrielle Blackwell decided that happiness was a choice. Holly Allen could easily have allowed herself to be depressed by her leukemia diagnosis and decided that once she had gotten out of it, she was going to rebuild herself in a way that she wanted to. Joe Van Erps had gone through something that we didn't get into, but had gone through quite a drastic change just before our call and was redefining who he was or his happiness and What made him happy was an active choice. And Daniel Kine puts himself constantly and consistently in scenarios that make him happy as a habit. Happiness for all of these people is a choice. It is something that they have actively decided to do. It is a part of their lives that they have removed the need for other people to, uh, to, to to provide for them. Gabrielle was relying on other people to provide happiness for her um, and then rejected it every time that she got it until she had her breakdown. James Buckley offloaded the happiness to his um, drug addiction. Um, Joe um, offloaded the happiness to his his sales um results in his sales career holly offloaded it to her dance career and daniel actually fair use to him never offloaded it or at least not in our story but this is something that i want to ask you the listener are you outsourcing your happiness is this something that you're not in control of because the main point of life with a why is not only to understand why successful people do what they do it is to use their stories to help us better understand why we do what we do so on the happiness front why do you do what you do are you putting yourself in a position to be as happy as you can be do you know what that position is if so fantastic but most people haven't done this work and it took a leukemia diagnosis, a drug addiction, a mental breakdown, and a change in career in order for most of my guests to be forced to figure this out. Are you gonna wait to be forced? Now, another commonality between all of my guests is that they surround themselves with people that make them feel good about themselves. Um, and I think that has led to a lot of their success. Uh, Daniel uh, is the prime example of this, whereby he, as he said, he would throw himself into something new with some random people that he had never met and then later on became a facilitator for this exact thing um, with through his startup, um, startup summits and startup weekend um, involvement and facilitation. Gabrielle... Surrounded herself, has begun to surround herself with people in the... um, How do I describe this? Well, she describes it as magic and crystals and Reiki healings. And these are all things that we describe. But she has started to surround herself with the people in this space because they make her feel good about herself. Um, James Buckley, a solid change in his life was when he removed the influence of his ex-wife from his life. Reconnected with his mother, reconnected with his sisters, and began to form a new life with his new wife. Each of them began to get very, very picky about who was in their life. And this had a serious effect on them. The opposite is true. When you're not picky, like Joe was, Joe wasn't particularly picky about who came into his life when he was having his burnout period. Um... And I think this is something particularly interesting for salespeople. I myself am one. But we can burn out in our careers um, much more quickly than in than in some other careers. And due to the to the virtue of our careers, of um, talking to as many people as as possible, we can be less discerning about who has an impact on our on our lives. Um, And we can find that unless we think about this and are explicit about this, um, we surround ourselves with people that may not necessarily have the best effect. Um, I'm not saying that this is definitely the case. This is most certainly not the case for me. However, I have to ask the question. How discerning are you about the people in your life? Those you speak to every couple of days. Do they bring you up or do they bring you down? It's a good question to ask. Well, I would say so. I'm quite biased, am I? (laughs) Another learning that we have from this season is around the idea of peak performance. Um, It's around this idea of setting high expectations for yourself. Every single one of my guests now have high expectations of themselves. And it's an element of why they do what they do and why they ended up in a sales career. I think this is particularly important for those of us in, in sales because when you have a high expectation of yourself and happiness is a choice and you're surrounding yourself with people who can support your, these expectations that you have of yourself, hitting these expectations becomes easier. And I think that is one of the reasons as to why we spent so long talking about all of those other learnings that we have. Every single successful person has high expectations of themselves, they have taken upon themselves the decision to change their lives for the better. They have decided the way that they want their life to be and they have made it happen. However, each of them have had to suffer the consequences of this. And this is something particularly important for salespeople. Every single one of my guests has talked about a burnout period, or they've talked about a time where they push themselves too far because of these high expectations. If we are unaware of our own expectations of ourselves, we won't know if they're fair or not. So, again, what do you expect of yourself? What are you placing pressure on yourself to achieve? And then, if, you're, if if this is a professional sense, if your colleague is, if, if your colleague told you that they were placing that expectation on themselves, or if it's a familial um, responsibility, if your partner and or mother and or father and or uh, sibling, you get where, I, where I'm going with this. If someone you cared about told you that they had placed the same expectation on themselves in that same realm, what would you say to them? Would you encourage? Would you discourage? Is that crazy? Is it a crazy expectation? Is it not? And then just treat yourself the way that you, they uh, wish to treat you. This has turned into a therapy show, hasn't it? <laughs> but that is, um, I suppose, the effect of, of going through why people do what they do. Um, we take these learnings and my goal is for you to find out why you do what you do. Hopefully, these episodes have helped you to figure that out. At the end of the day, my goal for this podcast is to help people understand why they do what they do by listening to the to the success stories of other people who have had to make this decision, who have had to actively decide why they do what they do. I suppose now is a perfect time to segue into what you can expect in the future of Life for the Why. So. To those of you who know me personally, you will know that over the last number of weeks, and one of the reasons why why this episode in particular is late, is that I myself have moved careers and moved cities. I have moved from working with Google in Dublin to working with Sales Loft in London. That (laughs) has brought a whole host of challenges, some of which being timing, some of which being recording equipment, some of which being just life in general. Um, However, season two is going to be particularly interesting for me. The learning that I have taken from season one is that I particularly enjoy speaking to salespeople. And I think that you, as, as, as the audience, have particularly enjoyed hearing about them. So in season two, I expect to sort of double down on this. Talk to... Salespeople talk to successful business people and people in other spheres, but I'm going to be niching down slightly in the world of sales and selling. It is the best profession in the world, and I think that the specific skills that the people in sales have will lend themselves particularly well to helping people understand why they do what they do. Um, we'll get more into that in season two. But the more that I have thought about this, the more I have learned that speaking about the world of sales and the world of selling is one that we can learn an awful lot from and that's what this, this podcast is about. Um, secondly, why people do what they do. That is is—and something that I will be doubling down on in the second season. Um, what brings people to where they are? what choices they made to get them to where they are and how much thought they put into it at the time. These are things that fascinate me. Um, So this in in particular is something that I want to double down on in the second season. And I have a question for you. Is there anything that you yourself would like to see? So I myself now will be taking a, a couple of weeks out to increase the quality of this podcast. I will be increasing the marketing, um, the social media posts, the quality of the end result that comes out here. Um, and there will be a lot more thought gone into the format of the, of the episodes themselves. Season one was a fantastically successful pilot in my eyes. Um, if you disagree, please let me know and also let me know why. And if you agree, let me know why. Why not, why, why not uh, accept the positives as, as well as the negatives? Um, but genuinely... I would love to hear what you would love to see and or hear in season two. Um, This is a particularly important project to me. Um, This is not my career in any way, shape or form. Um, So this podcast is one that I would love to continue doing, but I want to do it to serve my listeners. Um, That being you, but I can't do it unless I know. So you can reach out, please reach out. Um, you can find me on Instagram. You can find us um, on Instagram, is probably the best. Just Life with a Y podcast. Um, there's also an, an email, uh, life with at gmail.com. Um, and you can find Life with a Y podcast um, pretty much anywhere. Um, thank you, is the last thing that I'd like to say. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for listening to this episode. If this is your first one, welcome to the team. If this is your last one of the season, thank you for sticking with me. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm speaking to myself in a room with a microphone in it, but then I hear people's feedback. Um, people have have reached out to me a couple of weeks after I post an episode saying that they really enjoyed it. And it's these kind of things that, that push us on. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this podcast i will see you in a couple of weeks when we start season two i'm very much excited for it if there's anything you'd like to see would not like to see any feedback at all please do let me know and until then i hope this episode has helped you to figure out why you do what you do thank you for joining me and i'll see you again soon